0: Welcome to Simply Remarkable, created by Remarkable, a Speakers Bureau. I'm your host today, Sue Falcone, founder and CEO of Remarkable. Now, we began this show for you. We wanted you to meet and get to know personally all the talent that we represent and book here at Remarkable. And you never know. You might be looking for your next speaker for your next event. We know someone who is. We never know, and that's exciting. Also, you'll see how remarkable our talent is and how they can help you be remarkable too. Happy first day of September. Can you believe it? And the word of the day is creativity.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And also, it's the beginning of a long weekend, Labor Day weekend for us here in the United States. And so we're just glad that everyone here came to be with us today. Now, our chat line is open and active. Feel free to send us your questions, comments, and how you're celebrating today. Our featured guest today is an award-winning global intercultural creativity keynote speaker, a neurosomatic creativity speaker, a TEDx speaker, corporate trainer, podcaster, and the best-selling author of The Seven Gems of Intercultural Creativity, Janine Ledford. Welcome, Janine. We're so glad to have you. It's and thanks for being with us, and where are you coming to us from?
1: It's an honor to be here. I am coming to you from the beautiful Phoenix, Arizona.
0: Wow, thanks for joining us and getting up, up early to come and be with us, just like our broadcast director does every every week. I just thank you all so much. Now, Janine, this 30 minutes flies by. You know, we never, you know... So we're just going to get started. Just jump right in. Is that okay?
1: Yes, I'm ready.
0: Great. Now, Janine, where did you grow up and did you always have a creativity and a creative focused mind?
1: Well, I grew up in California, Southern California, and I tell people to be mindful of their formative years because your formative years really um, communicates how you operate in your creativity in your adult years. So my mother had us you know, out there meeting different types of people. We were traveling around the nation, even though we didn't have a lot of money. She really, really was creative in even that, like budgeting and seeing the, the Grand Canyon and Niagara Falls and putting us into different events that allowed us to see the world from different perspectives. And now... Now that we know what creativity sits on, the cognitive functions, the neurological functions, and yes, I do carry a brain. When I do my keynotes, I have my two brains with me, the one in here and the one right right here. But we know now what the brain needs to think creatively. And I'm just I was blessed with a mother who intuitively know that she may not have known the neurals, and she couldn't have known because we are now figuring out since the FM, our FMRI machines have been created in the late um, 1990s. Right. And she was raising us in the early 80s. But how does the brain operate to think creatively? And so she had that in our childhood automatically. And that's why I'm doing a lot of the work that I'm doing today. It's really helping leaders understand the human aspects of their team members and how they could come together in an intercultural, creative, prismatic leadership type of way.
0: Wow, how exciting. I find today innovation and exciting of learning new ideas. And how to use them is so key. And you help your audiences, leaders, and all do that so well. So I just appreciate all that your family, your mom did, you know, growing up. And so that you could develop all the things that we need. Mm -hmm. Now, Janine, some people tell me all the time, I'm just not creative. Mm -hmm. (laughs) I'm sure you hear that too. Now, is creativity a skill? Mm -hmm. And can it be developed and learned easily?
1: Yes, so as I I mentioned, we're getting so much more information because of the neuroscience coming out. And so I tell people, a lot of people think creativity is only artistry. So they can't sing like Whitney Houston, they can't dance like Justin Timberlake. So they're saying out loud that they're not creative, but guess what's listening? Their subconscious mind. And Dr. David Eagleman, who's a neuroscientist out of Stanford, he says that your subconscious mind is is running the show your conscious mind which is the part of your mind that wakes up when you wake up it is the broom closet in the mansion that's your brain so your conscious mind is this big compared to your subconscious mind so anything you're saying over and over again you're training yourself and you're creating neural structures that says i'm not creative so when life comes up with a a problem that you you need to solve in a new way with new ideas you've been training your brain to think that you're not creative so understanding that yes creativity is a skill like throwing a basketball working on your free throws you know your backhand in tennis the more you do it and the more you do it well with intention the better you get at it And so understanding that the cognitive structures of creativity, such things like using your imagination, practicing that, practicing curiosity. You know, I have a whole training on just curiosity by itself, practicing uh, metaphorical thinking, you know, walking out in the woods and being in nature and looking at things and thinking about them metaphorically. That's a skill that you can design and it helps you make associations. Creativity thrives on your ability to make associations, especially unusual, association so like how is a pen like the bird you know and if to give yourself um, those those developmental exercises and we do that in our home um, as adults and also with children so that can be their main way of thinking but once your leaders and your audience members understands that it's a skill you can practice it and you can practice it with one another there's your creative liftoff
0: Whoa, I'm glad today our word of the day is creativity because I'm ready to be creative now. You've just given me the overview of how it works. And you're right. It's kind of like anything else. We could tell ourselves we're not. And you keep telling yourself that and you won't be. You, you stop that. So that's, that's the key. Thank you for sharing that because that's, you know, how we change our language that we... Wow. I would say is key. It's key.
1: Thank you. And, and I'll and I'll jump in really with the new definition that we're using that creative thinking, which is now the number two skill listed by the World Economic Forum, right? And all the skills, the top 10 skills, they're they're connected to creative thinking. So this is something that people need to be very mindful of. The definition that we're moving forward is creative thinking is the process of problem finding and problem solving with relevance, value and novelty, right? So it does include the arts, but you know, my mechanic is creative, My uh, our accountants, you know? So you have all these, these areas that think they're not creative. And that's another thing. There's companies that have like the creative director or the creative team. So your accountants over here and your operations and your managerial services or or other areas think they're not creative because they're not a part of the creative team. And so moving into this new future of work, right, what what the new workforce needs, every team, every department in your organization needs to have the title creative um, team, your creative accountants, right, Um, and change in in any, um, any negative Connections to those t- titles, right? Their creativity is good. Creativity is needed, whether you're janitorial department, all the way to the C-suite. Everyone needs to see themselves as creative contributors to, to the bottom line.
0: Oh, I like that. I love that because I am seeing more titles of people saying they're the creative officer of such and so. You know, I'm seeing that, but now I understand why that is important. You know and that the whole team needs to be that mm-hmm. the whole company needs to be seen as that yes, because yes. that's what sets you apart uniquely, and that's what's the key today, isn't it?
1: Yes, yes, that's yes,
0: apart yes. uniquely. So, thank you for sharing mm-hmm. that. that was, whew, I love the light bulbs that come on, you <laughs> know, because we never know when they do, and it's like, okay, yay. And mm-hmm. you talked about that World Economic Forum. Um, that shares the skills that we need set to go forward mm-hmm. in our future business of the and workplace of the world. So that skill you're telling us we can learn it and we can master it so that we can move forward with where we're going here in our workplace. Mm-hmm. Now is that fun, Janine tell me. Is it you fun?
1: Know- I didn't grab my Legos behind me, but you know, I just did a huge training for a huge medical center out in Boston. Um, I was over at a, a scientific company out over in North Carolina training their their top leaders. And I, you know, since I have my background in elementary ed, I taught um, the third grade and kindergarten through fifth grade for 15 years. And also at the university level, I come in with Legos. I come in with pipe cleaners. I come in with Play-Doh, with markers and canvases because I understand how the brain learns. And even though you're no longer in fifth grade, you're now you know, top leadership and in a managerial position, your brain still learns a certain way. There has to be an emotional connection. We have to get up the, the oxytocin when you're learning with other people, the dopamine when you're learning and enjoy. And people don't learn when they feel shamed. People don't learn when they feel in fear. And, so, and people don't learn when they really they're bored you know, and they're not invested and they're not engaged in, in the, the training or the talk. And so for me to stand up there in a monotone way, like this is da, da, da for an hour, you know, people are going to be phasing out. So I'm very interactive and and I even sing during my key, keynotes and, and I have lots of laughs. And, you know, I just did a huge keynote in Arizona at the AZ nonprofit sector of huge nonprofit leaders and, and um, funders of nonprofits. And, you know, they had pipe cleaners and they they had all these interactives while they're learning the important concepts of the topic that I was teaching. And so I'm taking all the things that work during the formative years, you know, when you're zero through 12, how the brain needs to learn. And I'm just bringing them back into adults. Because just because you're adults doesn't mean you don't want to play during your learning process. And you actually remember and are able to implement the behavior change more successfully when you have fun learning the topic and you're laughing and you're getting ins- into your default mode network. That's a part of the brain when you're kind of wondering to yourself, like, how does this apply to me? And you're just questioning your, your, your you're just running the thoughts around in your mind. We want all that to have happen during the keynote, during the training time. We want you to be engaged in a part of the experience
0: and that is so key today and i love this i mean and we're hearing comments right now they're loving this the hearing that yeah we need to learn there are some mm-hmm. skill sets that we are critical that we need to learn and that we can and still have fun at it i mean wow because i'm all about fun i, about <laughs> I am But look if it's not fun I don't want to be a part of it. (laughs) I mean, I just really don't because that's where I learn the best. That's my style. That's where, you know, I, you know, and I can see people's minds and ideas if we're Mm -hmm. in that environment. So thank you for sharing that because now we can have the uh, freedom to say "Ah, that we may be having fun, but we're learning too.
1: Yes, yes.
0: That's the key. That's the key cuz it's it's been so stiff and business like, you yes. know, for so long that mm-hmm. I think we've gotten out of saying we can't do that. Yes. You know? and,
1: and no no one would put a 5-year-old through through that process, right? You know 5-year-olds need to be interactive in exploring their world. Why isn't it the same for 55-year-olds? They still need to be interactive, exploring the concepts. And we call it multi-sensorial. So we really activate all of your senses during the learning process. So how can we bring that more into corporate uh, keynotes and corporate tra- training, just like we would do it in the elementary er- area. Brains are brains, and your brains are still plastic, which means they're still changing even in adulthood. We know zero through twelve, they're changing way faster, right? Those first four years of life, critical. But your brain can still change when you're thirty, when you're forty five, when you're when you're sixty two, if you do certain things, which really wards off um, some of the older issues pe- people may have, Neuroscience is showing us so much. So it's my job to bring all of the new research into the keynote experience, into the corporate training experience, because now's the time where we need strong brains, strong creative brains to lead us into the future.
0: So true. So true. And facts are what we need, but we can have fun learning those facts. That's the key, you know, because we've separated that a little bit of okay, you got to read these 66 pages and, you, you know, all like that. So thank you for sharing that, that mm-hmm. it's coming, you know, to us in a form that we all love to hear. No wonder you get such comments from your keynotes of saying, never been to something like this before. And that's why I booked this today. This is an experience of a lifetime. Yes. <laughs> you never know what Mindsets are out there that will be Mm -hmm. seeing this that will Mm -hmm. be focused in keynote of saying, Golly,
1: yes. And I will say, a lot of people feel release because there's a lot of adults who are carrying some unseen or, or just deeper baggage of, in you know, I call it creative abuse. So maybe they were in the eighth grade and someone said something negative about their idea or just something happened or some or artistic creativity. Someone really, um, especially someone in a position of authority, you know, like a teacher um, or a parent or a coach just really pummeled their creative um Pursuits. So a lot of adults have carried that into their adulthood and it shows up in your work. It shows up in your ability to take risk. It shows up in your ability to interact with other people, especially people from different lived backgrounds. And so what I have to do is I have to help people kind of tear some of those old neural frameworks down and then rebuild. What does it look like to show up in my full creativity, to have self-efficacy and know that I can do this? What does it look like to explore my core values, my personal values in a creative way. And even though I say that creativity isn't only art, art, artistry, right? Um, it's found in all fields. Our, our team has the research that shows that using the arts, using painting, using music, using theater and improvisation and, and movement helps people increase their creative thinking skills in non arts areas. That's huge, and so when I bring in, um, you know, pieces of art, and people have to really engage with it and think, okay, hey, well, what does this mean to me and my leadership? How does this communicate? With, um, with my truths on how I lead my, my team? Or what does this mean as far as my journey in A, B, and C? And so the arts really engage something, once again, we call the default mode network, that network that turns on when you're not focused on outside stuff, like doing emails or or you know doing TPS reports, right? <laughs> but it's that part of the brain that turns on when you're intro, when you're being self-aware, when you're engaging in introspection, and something that Dr. Lisa Philbin Barrett says, um, introceptive abilities. You're really getting in contact with with your in, insides, right? The art is a great way to do that. Your favorite song, you know, when you were 16, you probably still remember it. There's a reason why. So we have people bringing their own music. We have um, just a lot of arts to engage these topics that You'll find the topics being talked about in normal leadership trainings, but we're just doing it a different way that adds more of a sensorial experience and emotion and reflective advancement, rather than just the two-hour lecture and you know just just the normal the normal way. And that's what um, a leader at the scientific the pharmaceutical company said uh, two weeks ago. He was like, "I just thought this leadership training was going to be a normal cookie cutter leadership training." But Janine blew our minds like we weren't expecting this. And that's what I want. I want you to get out of your comfort zone and to be real and raw and to engage in the unexpected.
0: And you can do that. I've seen her. She can certainly do that. Now, here's the deal that we've been thinking about. You have something new that you'd like to share with us. And I said, this is a perfect forum to do this. About leadership, tell us about what you have going on right now.
1: Wonderful. Well, the research shows, you know, that we're no longer in a VUCA environment. VUCA stands for volatile, uncertain, complex, and ambiguous. Like that's become the norm, so it's not really what we need to focus on. They're saying we're now in a BANI environment. I don't know if your audience has heard of that term, but they might have want to go research VUCA versus BANI, B A N I, and BANI stands for brittle. You know, things that were here today are gone tomorrow. It's like that fast, right? Things are changing so fast, which is causing anxiousness. That's the A. And because we're in a nonlinear landscape, that's the N, right? And it's causing, and it's basically incomprehensible. So banny stands for brittle, anxious, non-linear, and incomprehensible. And so in order to lead, right, to be in a position of authority where you have direct reports and people looking to you for guidance and inspiration, we have to get control more so of the inner game, the inner game, the self-awareness, self-regulation, emotional regulation, something called um, emotional granularity, um, and just agility. And so we're taking the seven gems of intercultural creativity, uh, which can be found on the website, and we're teaching people how to have uh, uh, be a be a prism, basically. Basically, take take people's essence and show them the colors. Right, a prism allows you to see the many colors that's in pure light. Right, and so leaders need to know how to do this for themselves. Okay, how can I be more authentically aware of where my strengths are, my weaknesses, what my subconscious is doing? Right, what these buried truths that I'm not even consciously aware of are directing my decisions. People don't really understand how much your subconscious is directing your decision-making and how you respond and react to certain situations and certain people. People who go through our prismatic leadership training um, or or hear our keynotes really get an idea of, of the skills and the abilities that leaders for the future of work are really gonna need. So when you walk outside and you're surrounded by sunlight right? People don't understand you're really surrounded by colors, rainbows. You just can't see them because you don't have a prism, right? That's why you see them when there's water around or, or in, if you have a di- diamond ring or, or anything, you can see colors because you're in, the, you're in the presence of a prism. You're able to see that you're actually surrounded by rainbow light the second you walk outside and there's sun, sunlight. We need people to be that, to be prisms, to show themselves first, and their team members, the colors that are hidden to other people. Good leaders are, they're observant, right? They detect patterns. They understand emotional, um, non behavior and, and things along those lines that are, are hidden to leaders who are not observ- observant. They don't they know how to adapt. And they're curious. And they're able to be bridge builders. So they're the seven gems. They're able to take all of these skills to be prismatic leaders, to pull out the many colors, skills, and abilities of their team. That's going to be key because as we keep moving into the future with AI coming in and everything that um, the pandemic did, these underlying skills that are not normally on the job dis- description, those are the skills that are going to be bringing up the innovative ideas that you you need. And so we need to have leaders that that understand and that our prisms, right? Um, it's also um, inspired by the work of Dr. Martin Seligman. He has a wonderful book called Tomorrow Mind. There's there's two books, my book and then Tomorrow Mind and then Leading in a Non-Linear World. The first half part of that book is all about the inner, the inner game, self-awareness, metacognition, and emotional granularity. How do you build these skills for the inner game? Because the outer environment is so brittle. It's so incomprehensible. It's the leader that works more on the inner game. Those are your leaders who are rising to the top.
0: Wow. Packed it into a simple, a simple prism. Yes. Okay. And you're right. That, you know, and we love, we love to see that. So... Mm -hmm. I'm sure there's a book coming out on that, right? On yes, that? yes, of course. <laughs> yes. Um,
1: and, and we we teach these prismatic leadership abilities um, using neural somatic creativity and intercultural creativity. So neural somatic creativity is the connection between the mind, the body, and and uh, and the spirit. You know, just how is this all informing my creativity? It's all together. Everything's connected and we're excited to bring this new, everything is research back, science backed. I have my degrees in psychology, education, human development, and then I'm a street neuroscientist, I say, <laughs> so, just because I've read every book about the brain, but I don't have time to go back and get my degree in, in it. And I don't have to, because there's great neuroscientists out there already pushing out the work. My job is to, to gather it and make sense of it so I can communicate it well to everyone else. <laughs>
0: Exactly. <laughs> yeah. All of us that are still at the five-year-old stage. Yes, <laughs> yes we need that. We need that. Well, we're going to have to have you back again, certainly, because that one next question we may um, get into that I really want to see where you're at with it, because this there's a lot of opinions. There's a lot of controversy. There's a lot of everything going out there about AI, artificial intelligence. Now, how do you see the impact of AI on intercultural creativity and critical thinking?
1: There's a lot that I don't know, and I've studied a few uh, a few pa- papers and media from some of the top AI thinkers and thought leaders. And what I've gathered so far, because it's always developing, right, right. is that... The human gift of creativity and imagination is going to be so important. So the things that I'm teaching and my my, my team is te- te- teaching in, in very con- unconventional ways for the adult person, very normal for children, very unconventional for your adult leaders is going to be so important because they have the rote, which people know they they have the rote automation thing down. We also need to think about that something they say like co cobots, like how do humans work with the AI to help us be even more creative. So they're not taking over our positions. They're pushing us up and in more into of a into a creative position that our creativity is the norm. We have to see how things can be combined in new ways. We have to see metaphorical connections across fields. The great book, The Medici Effect says, innovation happens at the intersection of fields, disciplines, and cultures. And so once again, with intercultural creativity, we have to get people from different lived experiences, different groups, different disciplines and fields and studies and ethnicities and and nationalities getting together because perceptions are different and percep- new perceptions increases your creative thinking. It increases your ability to to shift perspective. And so I think AI is driving us to have to work together more as opposed to being so divided And us knowing about what's going on in the brain to allow us to deal with in-grouping, out-grouping, empathy, right? The brain works differently with empathy depending on who you're interacting with on the neurological level. So once we know more about what our brain is doing behind our back, right, or under our, our head, we're able to be more intentional so we can come together. So I believe we have to really value and communicate the value of creative thinking, look at the cultural aspects of a creative culture and a curious culture, and understand that this is the future, whether you like it or not. So the people going through this type of training and and getting, bringing in these type of keynotes that are actually giving you hands-on things to do that are unconventional and new for your your, your groups, those will, will be the ones rising to the top as well.
0: But of course, there's the other side too. There are some things that I think, you know, when looking at our field and all like this, we want to make sure that we're still original, that we're still, uh, you know, it is our content. We're not using it, we're not misusing it, you know, because I, I think AI can be great and wonderful. And I see some mm-hmm. wonderful things from it. I have, but I've also seen some not so wonderful. So I think, mm-hmm. again, that's where our creative thinking. And our critical thinking needs to come in to mm-hmm. decide, is this for me? Is this what, you know, I should be involved in? So thank mm-hmm. you for sharing that. Hey, there's some value. But again, you have to be that innovation, creative person that will look at the whole picture.
1: Yes, yes. And, and look at it differently with new eyes. So how do I teach a 55, you know, um, C, C-suite CEO? to really unlearn some things and get out of um, just routine and some previous assumptions. Assumptions affect not only your intercultural relationships, but your creative thinking. We don't don't get that. We don't really hear that, that how do our routines and assumptions affect our creativity um, as well? And so there's a lot of overlap, and that's what my research really focuses on.
0: That's great. That's great. Now, as a mom of a five-year-old, Sean. How are you helping him learn the skill sets of creativity?
1: Well, our first book that came out is I Am Creative. It's found on uh, Cafe Strategies or JennyLeffert.com. And it's really looking at the 16 diamond tools of creative thinking. You know, now this thing is like that thing. I often like to think I love to make connections and see how items link. And so I do it in a very simple way, but I've had adults buy these books for their adult teams and just talk about the prompts. And then two weeks ago, we were on ABC7 News in Los Angeles talking about my brain, my brain, my beautiful brain. And once again, simple um, couplets of poems really used to have good conversations with adults. And then I talked to the adults in the back about, hey, what's going on in your brain? And why is it important to be out in nature and to do the arts and and to interact with people with different lived experiences? What's actually going on on the neurological level? And how is that gonna move your team into the position that it needs to be creative? And so I'm getting information from Sean and learning how, what this looks like and then talking to the adult world (laughs) and saying, hey, by the way, Dr. Allison Hoysmeister uh, from USC says, curiosity of the C-suite level determines the agility of the entire organization. So what does it look like to be curious? Let's talk to a five-year-old. There there you go. So he is my direct re- researcher, and we're happy to bring this research to the masses.
0: And I'm glad he is who he is, that he's a real person that we yes. can talk to. That's the, that's the key, I think, with... Um, the intelligence that we need to be using. So thank you for sharing that. That is, mm-hmm. I just thought that was just amazing, how how that can help and how parents can can use that, mm-hmm. you know, to to help. So you're helping a whole generation, not only of established leaders, but future leaders to come. Yes. And that's that's yes. for me because it's about mm-hmm. our future, you know. Now, in closing, Janine, I hate to close, but we have to. I mean, you know, 30 minutes is about all people will last with us, but we'll have you back soon, because when that book comes out, we want to make sure that we cover everything for you. But in closing, what will you do today, Janine, to be remarkable?
1: Remarkable. One thing that makes me remarkable is to connect with someone completely out of my field. The beauty about my topic is, you know, I talked to healthcare, I talked to finance, I talked to, uh, I did a keynote for a beauty conference, and then I'm in, in the, the science world. And so when I reach to, out to people who are doing things that I've even never even heard of, it just makes me shift perspective and say, ah, I never, I never thought of it that way, or see connections. And so I believe I'm remarkable when i I build my network with other people who are creative in their own special way. And, of course, talking to you allows me to be remarkable uh, because you're just amazing and all the work that you and your team has been doing is amazing as well. So I appreciate you.
0: Well, of course, we have a tagline. We book outside the box. <laughs> we knew we had to get outside the box. Yes. And uh, so that's what we're, we're all about is bringing talent and all that that can know move us along and get us out of what normally you would see at conferences and workshops and trainings and coaching even executive coaching we're all about that so that you know we, we pick those specially to do that and everyone you've heard just a snippet but i'm sure you'll probably want to have her at your next event because you never know how creative, because we're always looking for something different. Event planners are, CEOs are, vice presidents are. What will really turn my team on that we can move forward, that we know we have to do? This is key, so you've got this today, so give us a call. Janine books quickly, as you've heard, and we wanna help you get there. So thank you again, Janine, for being here today. And also, I want to challenge our audience out here. What are you going to do today to be creative, to be remarkable? Hey, it's creative, remarkable. We got to tie that in. We're going to to do something like that. I, I just got some ideas right while I'm standing here, you know, and I can go back and look at this episode because we want you to subscribe to our YouTube channel because this is where it's going to be at so that. You can go and look at all the talent that we represent, their videos and clips are there, plus all of the shows that we've done. And now this is our second season. So everything is there for you. And you can go back and look because we didn't ask you to take notes today. And when you uh, (laughs) review this in the repost or it comes out in a podcast next week, we don't ask you to do that we have it for you so you can just go back and look so subscribe we're really wanting to uh increase that coverage as well because we're all over but we want to make sure our our youtube channel uh really gets out there so that you can see exactly and again we will have you back soon because i know that book's coming out and everybody we hope you will be back with us next friday september 9th as our guest will be the remarkable award-winning world's leading business strategist keynote speaker. He's a world futurist speaker. Fortune calls him the master innovation expert. He's author of 20 best-selling futurist and trend books, the amazing Scott Steinberg. You will not want to miss him. Uh, He is out there uh, for all of us and he gives us the future of business. So make sure that you put that on your calendar for next Friday. And again, we just thank you for being here with us today, Janine, and for all of our audience. And we hope that you will join us next Friday, and we hope you have a remarkable Labor Day weekend, and we'll see you next week.
1: Prism. Thank <laughs> you.